Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Timmy Gibson Show. My name's Timmy Gibson. I'll be your host. Wow. That's all I can say. I'm, I'm, I, I can't even tell you how excited I am. I guess I'm like a, I'm like, like a high school student on prom with the hottest cheerleader and I'm a virgin and we're on our way to the hotel <laughs> or what do they say? Like a kid in a candy store. I mean, it's just like, Oh, I, I'm, I am so excited to be finally launching a podcast. I've actually wanted to do a podcast forever and I do have a YouTube channel and uh, do some videos and stuff on there. But the podcast world is something I've been wanting to get into. I guess I have a face for radio, as they say, a face for podcasts. And uh, yeah, so this is the the first episode, episode number one. And I'm excited about journeying together as we talk about all things life. But specifically, kind of my, I think my sweet spot is this whole escaping religion and finding faith or escaping religion and finding God. Um, yeah, so th- I think this first episode will be kind of just setting the stage, giving a little bit of my backstory, um, because you know, you're probably thinking, who the fuck is this Yahoo? For those of you that don't know me, those that know me, you know, great. You already love the sound of my voice. <laughs> Everybody else, I've got I've to get, get them familiar with who I am. So they can make their own decision, but uh, yeah. So I guess let's start. Let's start. Let's let's go way back. Uh, my mom, pregnant at fifteen with me, had me at sixteen. So I'm the product of a of a teenage mother, and obviously was raised primarily early on by my grandparents, my mom's parents. And who I called Nani and Papa back in the day. Um, and both of them have since passed on. But uh, yeah, so my early childhood was a little, a little, a little funky, uh, meaning that, you know, I had three dads by the time I was seven. My bio dad has since died as well. And long story short, the third dad stuck. The third dad, who's my dad today, still married to my mom. Um, very, very nice man, a wonderful man. But I, I tell you that story just so that I can kind of set the stage for kind of my life journey and, and where I was and how I was and how I am now and where I am now. So I was raised in a very religious family. Let's just get that out of the way. Very evangelical, Pentecostal home. That was That's how I was raised. So needless to say, if you've seen the movie Footloose, it, it was it was similar to that in the sense of, you know, no drinking, no smoking, uh, no chewing tobacco, no cussing, uh, no gambling, um, basically no fun. <laughs> so raised very, very religious. I always struggled with the religion that, that, that I was taught, I was, I was always struggled with that concept of, and this is even early on, like when I was young, I remember feeling unsettled about the message that I'm right 
and what I believe is right about God and the Bible and Jesus and all things spiritual, what I see is right is right. And it's it would be right for everybody. In other words, if you believe anything other than what I believe, you're wrong and I'm right. I'm going to heaven. You're going to hell. Now, a lot of evangelicals, they won't admit to that, but that's the truth. I'm And, and I'm an insider, right? I spent 30 years as a pastor, as a minister. And, and again, I'll, you know, through this podcast, you'll learn more and more about my story and, 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 and as it develops. But so, you know, when I talk about these things, I'm coming from a place of, I'm from the inside, right? I'm not, I'm not a spectator on the outside. I was an insider. I was a, I spent 30 years as a pastor. I went to Bible college. Um, you know, I was in that, in that world, um, so, you know, I, I definitely have a, a perspective. And even to this day, I, I would not say that my perspective is right and everyone else is wrong even. I mean, this is just, just just my journey. This is my spiritual perspective. This is my journey. This is how my theological views have altered or changed or widened or broadened or or whatever. And, you know, now I've kind of come to a place in my life. Now as a middle-aged man, you know, born in 1969. Um, now I'm 51. I'm an Aries, in case you care. Um, April 14th is my birthday and it's been a long journey of, of, uh, unlearning a lot of things and in the process also learning and discovering, you know, who I am and who, what I'm about and, you know, what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing on this earth and all of that, which again, in all the different episodes that we're going to do, all that stuff will begin to to come out. And it's not just that this this podcast is about my story in particular. I mean, because um, let's just be real: who gives a shit about my particular story it, it, unless or until it, you know, resonates with your story or intersects with your story and can help you in your journey and your travels and your discovery of who you are and who God is and and what that means to you. And, and to those around you. So for me, it began early of the questions and the doubts, which, you know, unfortunately, a lot of that really, again, this is just my, my particular upbringing or my perspective on my upbringing. Um, you weren't really allowed to have doubts and questions, you know, it was just have faith, just trust God, just believe God. The Bible is the Bible. It's true. It's without error. It's perfect. Again, I struggle with all that. And of course now, like I said, I have a totally different perspective now, but during the time it was just this, you know, I was taught one thing. I felt something else and it was just this tug of war. And so let's just kind of fast forward up to uh, graduating high school. Uh, I'm from Kansas City, born and raised in Kansas City. Uh, graduated Shawnee Mission West High School in 1987. And yes, if you're familiar at all with Kansas City or Shawnee Mission West, Paul Rudd also went to Shawnee Mission West. And yes, I did graduate with him. And yes, we were friends during high school. Uh, good dude, really good dude. Uh, I actually knew and even went on some dates with his sister. Uh, Mandy Rudd, she's also a really cool person. Um, 
but I graduated high school and took a year off. And in 1988, I just really felt that I was supposed to be in the ministry. Now, let me let me clarify. Now, that's because you know I was raised in a very Christian evangelical home, and so the highest thing that you could ever do would be to become a pastor. That was like, you know, I guess it'd be like being raised in a military family. You know, like what's what's the highest call? Well, the, to be in the military, right? To be a, an officer in the military or something. So for me, it was it, that was just part of the culture. You know, it's like, what do you do when you grow up? Well, hopefully God calls you to the ministry, right? That's hopefully what happens. Well, for whatever reason, that happened to me. Now, again, I'll clarify a lot about what that means to me now. So there was always this deep, deep calling in me or this deep desire to help people. And so being a pastor was a great way to, to help people. So I went off to Bible college and the short story made maybe even a little bit shorter. I got kicked out after a year and a half for drinking a wine cooler. Now, granted, the school I went to is not even in existence anymore. It's It, it went under. Um, well, I can tell you what it was. It was called Central Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. It was an Assembly of God Bible College. Super strict. Super Bible thumper. Uh, no drinking, no smoking, no cussing. Uh, you couldn't see movies. Had to wear a tie to class. You couldn't hold hands with a girl unless you were married to her. Uh, you definitely couldn't have any premarital sex, no masturbation. Uh, we weren't even allowed to see movies like like a Disney movie off campus. Um, you, you couldn't gamble, couldn't dance. I mean, all that, all that stuff, right? It was, it was. You say, Timmy, that sounds so outdated. Oh, it was. It was outdated in the '80s, and especially, you know, now it's completely outdated. Um, I don't even. I mean, I'm sure there are places like that that still exist, but I wouldn't say they thrive or flourish. Um, so got kicked out kind of a funny side story that, so I got kicked out because a friend, a a friend, quote unquote, a friend was at my trailer home. I lived in a little trailer home across the street from the, the college I went to. I moved off campus. I was living in the dorms the first year. The second year I moved off campus with a buddy of mine to a trailer home across the street which actually it's not even there anymore. I I went by there not too long ago. It wasn't even there. Um, So I got reported by this guy, a quote unquote friend who ironically was sleeping with his girlfriend, quote, not married. So that's illegal. Uh, Had I reported him, he'd have been kicked out, but I didn't because I'm not that kind of person. So he reported me for drinking a wine cooler. They called me into the office. I'll never forget. Dr. Brugman calls me into his office, asked me if I drank a wine cooler. I said yes. He said, you're kicked out. And that was that. Mm. Such good coffee. So that was it. So that my, my college career, my Bible college career was shattered. My dreams were shattered. My hopes of becoming a pastor were shattered. And I was already starting to go down the path. Like I was already a licensed minister with the assemblies of God. I've I've often forgot about this, but I was actually a licensed minister with the assemblies of God at this time. And, you know, obviously when I got kicked out of the Bible college, they pulled my licensing. They pulled my license from me. 
So I was, you know, no longer a minister, no longer at the school. It, 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 it I, I think honestly now as a 51 year old looking back 30 years ago now or whatever that was, um, that affected me more than I really let on. It, it, it definitely crushed me. I mean, it crushed my hopes and my dreams and my aspirations of, of doing what I thought, you know, I was called to do. So I stayed for another six months in Springfield, Missouri, kind of just licking my wounds, if you will, and then journeyed back to Kansas City in 1990, I believe. I could be off a little bit, but I think it was about 1990. I came back to Kansas City um, for a little less than a year before I then went off to another Bible college in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, or near Tulsa. It was a charismatic Bible college. Um, you know, fill out the forms, got accepted, started school there. Long story short, you know, I was still struggling a lot with the teachings and the theological views and and the interpretations and just different things. I was really struggling with with all of it, with with all of it. The whole the whole concept of of there's only one way to heaven, and it's by accepting Jesus. If you don't accept Jesus, you're going to hell doesn't matter if you're a good person, doesn't matter if you're a wonderful person, none of that matters. If you're a wonderful Buddhist or a wonderful Hindu, you're still going to go to hell. That's how I was taught. And I don't, I don't believe that now, but that's how I was taught. And again, I still struggle with that. Oh my gosh. I mean, I just so struggle with that. And that still, that struggle was still there. Of course, you know, I, I ended up then getting married in 1994 and I spent 25 wonderful years with, with one girl. Uh, I'm now, now divorced, um, but spent 25 years with, with a, a wonderful woman and had two beautiful children who are adults now who are just the treasures of our heart. Um, and, you know, have maintained a, uh, it was an amicable uh, divorce, thank goodness. Uh, no lawyers were used. Uh, not, I wouldn't say by amicable. That doesn't mean everybody was happy and everything was happy. Everything was happy. <laughs> I don't know if divorce can be happy. Really, uh, divorces are are the, one of the worst things ever. I would never recommend or uh, desire a divorce for anyone ever. It's when people say it's worse than death. I never really understood that, of course, until going through one. And then you're like, yep, I pretty much think it is worse than death. Uh, but that happened in 2019. And so, you know, now in 2020, it's a new year, uh, a new crazy year. Holy shit. What a shit show 2020 has been. Gosh, with this whole coronavirus and oh my gosh, I don't even want to get into that. Matter of fact, I do want to just fast forward through all that shit. I don't. I don't even want to get into all that. Uh, that I don't even want to get into that social experiment, <laughs> or that that simulation, <laughs> or whatever the hell. <laughs> anyway, um, so bring let's let's get all the way up to uh, I graduate, and you know I start traveling around and teaching, being like a, an evangelist type person, you know, speaking, being a guest speaker at various churches around, and then that led to. Uh, you know, the desire, which was the desire all along, which was to, to pastor. And it wasn't too, because I've always been a, an entrepreneur at heart. I've, I've had, I've started several businesses throughout the years, 
I even had my own little business when I was 14 years old, going door to door, washing cars, detailing cars. You know, I had a bucket and a sponge and some soap and a hose that I had over my shoulder. And that was what I did way back in the eighties. So it was, it, you know, it made sense. It, it worked in my brain to, to just start my own church. So after, you know, being a youth pastor and a student pastor, uh, my last job was at uh, the Ark Family Church down in Conroe, Texas. Pastors um, Alan and Joy Clayton, great people. Uh, in fact, Alan Clayton is probably one of the most gifted speakers I've ever, ever heard in my entire life, uh, to be honest. Uh, he's uh, gifted, wildly gifted as a communicator. Yeah, just... I would be mesmerized almost. Uh, matter of fact, in, in, in the church now is is large. When I was there, it was around a thousand, couple thousand people. It's now I think five, six, seven thousand people now, which doesn't surprise me. I'm surprised it's not even bigger, though, to be honest. Um, that, well, I think that might just be because of their more conservative views, but um, the very open-minded, very contemporary-minded within the evangelical circles. Uh, great church. If you're down in the Conroe, Houston, Texas area. Um, I would highly recommend checking checking that church out. Real people with authentic hearts and and good good folks, good folks. Uh, matter of fact, that the pastor of the Ark Family Church, Alan Clayton, used to work alongside Joel Osteen, who pastors Lakewood Church down in Houston. Very famous church. Most everyone's heard of Joel Osteen. He's written many books. Um, it's the, I think he pastors the largest church in America. I'm pretty certain it's like 50,000 people show up on a Sunday morning at Lakewood church. Well, Lakewood church was actually started by Joel's father, John Osteen. I personally grew up on John Osteen, listening to John Osteen. I, I grew up way back in the, the old school TV evangelist era, the, the Jimmy Swaggerts of the world, the Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, the 700 club, the you know, Larry Lee. I mean, uh, those are throwing back for me some old names of old preachers and pastors that, that I used to listen to uh, all the time. So anyway, uh, you know, went there in 2000, 1999. Yeah, went, ooh, wow, was it 99? Yeah, I think I went there in 1999 and started working at this church in Conroe, Texas, and uh, left there in 2002, so maybe it was in 98. Anyway, I was there for like three, four years. I, I thought it was five years, but whatever. Uh, left there in 2002 to move to Kansas City, to my back to my home, to start a church. And that's kind of where my my pastoral my pastoral journey began in the sense of me pastoring my own church. Before I was youth pastor, student pastor, you know working in churches, um, all the way back to, I started teaching, uh, in 1990. Yeah. 1990 and 1990 is when I first started teaching. Um, I was, you know, in Bible college and I was teaching as a, I was a youth pastor. I took a youth pastor position back in 1990. Anyway, fast forward to 2002, moved to Kansas city, uh, start doing some preliminary, uh, launching stuff for the church. Had about a group of 10 people, uh, then January 5th of 2003 at Indian Trail Junior High in Olathe, Kansas, 
we launched Olathe Life Fellowship Church. And it was an evangelical contemporary church, uh, but still evangelical right-wing fundamental type church. And we saw a lot of growth pretty quick on. It grew pretty fast. Um, within the first few years, you know, we were running 300 people. And, you know, I was always edgy for sure. I mean, I was, you know, I was the, like I was getting tattoos back before tattoos were cool. Like I was getting tattoos, um, uh, you know, I was getting tattoos before it was, before it was cool. And that then, you know, quote unquote made me edgy. I was edgy. And so when we started the church, it, it was definitely edgy and contemporary and, and we were doing things kind of cutting edge and, you know, we would do stuff like do a Bon Jovi song as an opening song before we did worship, you know? So <laughs> for some people that was like super edgy. Uh, but for, for us, it was just, you know, it was part of it, a reflection of me and my edginess and my kind of, you know, pushing, pushing the envelope, if you will, in, in regards to how church should be done. And, uh, yeah, which, you know, again, fast forward on through, I was an early adopter of, of gay marriage. I supported gay marriage early on. And that was the real beginning of the transformation to my theological perspective as it is today. And because I, the, the, you know, the, the groups that I was affiliated with and associated with, you know, were, were not in support of gay marriage. So I had to make a decision of whether I was going to stay with these groups or leave these groups or what I was going to do. And part of the challenge was my, my ordination, my licensing and everything came from my affiliation with these other more conservative groups. So I, ironically, I was getting like, I was getting attacked from both sides during this time in my life. You know, I had my right wing religious groups, my affiliations can, you know, kind of condemning me for being a supporter of, of gays and, you know, pushing the envelope on that side. And then from, from the other side, from even the gay side, I was getting criticized because I was still affiliated with groups that weren't supportive of the LGBTQ community. So I was kind of like caught in the middle, you know, because my very livelihood was based upon these affiliations. Like I needed the ordination. I needed these, these licensing and the support of these groups to do what I was doing. But yet I was internally conflicted because my beliefs were, were leaving that group. You know, my, my beliefs were, were sailing away from being an evangelical conservative Christian. I was I was leaving that, yet I was still affiliated. So this was a difficult, this was actually a really difficult time in my life because it was a real parting of ways. And I eventually, of course, you know, now, I mean, I since left all those those groups and have unaffiliated myself with any group that doesn't align with how I believe. But that was a journey, you know, it was it was very difficult because I didn't know, I didn't know how that would look. You know, I mean, it's like I needed these licenses to do what I was doing and to operate and to fulfill my dreams yet my belief system was was evolving and changing and and expanding and ever growing and changing so uh 
you know, left those groups, made that decision, bit, did a big sermon called God Loves Gays way back in the 2000, early 2000s. And, you know, that, that affected the church in a big way. I saw a pretty big, I didn't, I wouldn't say our church split, but I definitely saw some people split. <laughs> they were like, later. <laughs> I remember there were people that left the church before I even actually preached the sermon. I actually announced that I'll be doing a sermon called God Loves Gays. And just upon the very announcement of what I was going to preach on, I didn't tell what, I didn't even tell any parts of the sermon, just that I'm going to teach a sermon called God Loves Gays. And that alone called, caused people to freak the fuck out and quite a few people left. Now, ironically, you know, there was new people that then came in. They're like, finally, a Christian church that supports gays, especially as an evangelical church, which was, again, that's, that's even a little, you know, here we are in 2020 and there are still people that aren't on board, but that's, you know, I always wanted to be on the right side of history when it came to all this stuff. So let's just fast forward through. Like I, I resign, I've, I've left, I've shut down Mercy Church. It, we went from Olathe Life Fellowship Church and then switched over to become Mercy Church. And, you know, I, I left that uh, just um, not too long ago and have started a new thing, this global Christ community thing that I'm doing now. But um, it's all a, kind of an outflow of my really more of an open theological view. My, I'm no longer, I'm no longer a Christian at the exclusion of everyone else. Does that make sense? In other words, I don't believe that I'm right and everyone else is wrong. Uh, I, I mean, I even get a little hesitant with even calling myself a Christian per se, just because I'm supportive of, of all faiths, of all spiritual practices, of all, of all religions, you know, whether you're Christian, Buddhist, Hindu, whatever, I, Jewish, it doesn't matter. Uh, I think they're all all just different roads to God. Again, we'll we'll talk more about that throughout this podcast. This is just the you know first podcast to kind of get you a little bit familiar with me, and 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 the things that I'll be talking about in these episodes. And uh, so, yeah, welcome to the very first episode. And I'm excited to um, to share kind of how I really got to where I am today with my theological view and all the shame and the guilt that I went through, all the 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 ups and the downs and the highs and the lows, and to really, in for me personally, coming to a place in my life where uh, I'm at peace and I feel very fulfilled, uh, I'm, very, I'm very happy, um, you know, I'm living my dream. And uh, does this mean everything's perfect? Well, of course not. Is, I, that, that's, I don't think perfection is 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 even a possibility, to be honest. Um, but healthy is is something that's it's possible. And not for you that are listening, that maybe you're you know receiving criticism or judgment from more religious family members. You know that was part of my challenge, and and that's the what my next episode is going to be about. But just kind of that transition. Uh, for me, it was fairly smooth, but those around me, I lost a lot of friends, a lot of friends, a lot of evangelical Bible thumper friends that think and thought I had uh, fallen off the bandwagon, you know, th- think, you know, I've, I've left the faith and I'm like a prodigal, like I'm like a prodigal son now and I'll, I'll eventually come back. And the reality is I'm not coming back because I'm moving forward onward and upward and and my journey is is 
continually um, unfolding before me. And um, the 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 one thing I've always taught all my life, ever forever, I've taught this that you know always follow peace, always follow peace, and that's the one thing that I can tell you uh, for certain. Um, you know, do I know everything there is to know about God? No. Do I know everything there is to know about the Bible? No. Do I know everything there is to know about Jesus? Did he exist? Was he God? Did he do this? Did he was he a miracle worker? Was he actually God? Was he just a rabbi? Was he just an enlightened soul? What you know, like you know, was he married? Was he not married? I mean, a lot of those questions, you know, the, the reality is we don't know. Uh, and I'm totally okay with being in the space of I don't know. Do I believe in this? Do I believe? Well, I mean, there's some things I believe in. There's some things I don't know about. You know, like the other day I said to someone, I said, you know, if I die or when I die, if I go to heaven, if there even is a heaven. And then I went on with my story. They were like, what do you mean if there is a heaven? There is a heaven. You know, the Bible says so. <laughs> I was like, okay. You know, the reality is we don't know. Okay. We, we don't know. Uh, but what we do know is the message of Jesus is one of love. And so for me, at the end of the day, my life, my ministry, my message, everything about me resonates and and proclaims one message and one message only. And that's the message of love. And so if you find yourself listening to my podcast, I hope that you'll you'll stay tuned for more episodes as we continue to unpack this whole idea of escaping religion and finding faith, helping you discover the God that resonates with you and the God that helps you be more of a loving, caring, kind person. Guys, be good to each other. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. It's Timmy Gibson. Peace.